Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we are going to be discussing sketches from a bit of Fry and Laurie and the Upright Citizens Brigade. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we are going to be discussing at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Joining me, as always, are Shoah Appleman. Good. Maybe not as always, but as a host, Shoah Appleman. Also as a host, our producer... Who's on the mic today, Isaiah Hedden. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Wow, listen to those dulcet tones. So <laughs> I'm always here, on. I just don't have a mic usually. That's true. I'm Andy Weld, and today our guest is Minky Kim. Minky, how are you? I am, I'm good, how are you guys? Good. Doing Excellent. well, yeah, happy to have you on. So uh, can you tell us about your background in comedy? Sure. The past couple of years I've, I've taken classes at you know, DC Improv and performed um, a little improv here and there. And then for the past two years, I've been with Laugh Index Theater uh, with a sketch team called Separate Beds. And we've been writing and performing for the past two years. And I think my tenure just wrapped up last this, two days ago. So yeah, and then um, I've, uh, I've been taking classes at uh, UCB. So um, just wrapped up there as well. Um, yeah, so that's about it. Tell me about like separate beds as a sketch team. Like, was there a style that you went for, or was it just kind of like whatever people got going, we got going? Was there a voice? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, well, it's, if at least for me, this I can only speak for myself. I know I can't really speak for my teammates, sure. but uh, it took a while. I mean, to be to be honest, I'm still trying to find my quote unquote voice as I'm as I'm mm-hmm. you know writing regularly throughout you know my time in th- there and outside uh, of the team. But yeah, at first we were just writing what we thought was funny, you know? Yeah. Like just, hey, let's see what works, you know? Um, and then I think slowly we, as we began to learn from others and learn from ourselves and learn from just performing every month, I think a lot of us grew really quickly and beginning to like understand, you know, uh, for the I don't know, structure of the sketch, mm-hmm. if you will, yep. you know, and uh, what works and what doesn't and why, you know, certain things are done the way they are. So, and then I think each each one of us started to sort of delve in and find our own mm-hmm. voice, our our own personality. That's um, awesome. It's great. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's such a key part of like finding those things and yeah. both finding it for yourself and finding it for the group. Yeah. I've heard that you guys have a very crazy schedule for producing new shows. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. So, uh, this is, so, Supper Beds was my first um, sort of sketch team to be on and I just assumed the schedule <laughs> was like this everywhere else. <laughs> but um, we perform every month, every Wednesday and then, uh, so what happens is the schedule goes, the first week, uh, you bring in your first drafts. Second week is uh, the rewrites and then third week is uh, rehearsal. And then two days before the show, it's dress rehearsal and then the show. And then a couple of days after that, it starts new sketch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. So you're, so you're um, constantly um, writing new material. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, you know, for that, um, it's, it's kind of grueling in the sense that you have to worry about uh, where in UCB you have to, you're a writer, you're a writer. And then if you're an, an actor, improv, you know, uh, improvisation artist, then you, that's, that's, what, that's what you do. And you don't have to sort of do 
both. Right. And a lot of us as writers in separate beds, uh, we sort of had to learn how to perform on stage. Oh, so, and as we uh, get new members in and, you know, you get nervous. You've never done that before, you know? Um, but uh, it, was a, it was a tremendous learning experience for, for all of us. Um, but yeah, that's the schedule. That's cool. Yeah. So that's yeah. like a little expanded from SNL. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> writing, God. Thursday, dress rehearsal, <laughs> Friday is... It's like, cool, yeah, so that's right? great. Yeah. It's like just blowing that, but it's just blowing that structure out a little bit. Which, yeah. You know, I see how it works. And you host a podcast as well. Can you tell us about your yes. podcast? Yes. Um, I host a podcast called One Final Scare. And you can find that at onefinalscare.com. And our Instagram and, you know, all that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a co-host. Uh, my One of my best friends, Tracy Matthews, she is my other co-host. And what we do is we, um, we love horror films. And it, yeah, this, that's, we used to work together um, and at this agent, uh, agency downtown. And we found out that we had this both mutual love and of horror films and... It had this sort of chemistry, like, you know, um, when we talked about them. So someone suggested, our old creative director suggested, you guys should do a podcast. And we're like, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) And so we put it together. And all we do is we talk about a horror film and we tell it. um, We tell it from beginning to end. And as we tell it, we break it down in a sort of comedic way, you know. Sometimes if it's really bad, the whole episode is just... Trash making fun of yeah, yeah, in the film. Yeah. It's like you <laughs> oh. must get that a fair amount with some <laughs> horror movies, and they're just kind of like, yeah, this yes. is not. And then, um, um, and we, and some of the uh, most uh, important horror films that are uh, in, in our sort of lifetime, I guess, and we talk about them as well, and how, why they're important, and how they sort of influenced um, uh, uh, filmmaking and or storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, um, things like that. So yeah, we have, um, we've done a couple of live shows during. Uh, the comedy, the Laugh Index Comedy Festival. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So we did. Well, uh, we did a live show a taping uh, this past um, festival, and that was really fun. And nice. uh, it's something that we we're thinking of maybe possibly doing it um, more often. But you know, I'm moving to New York City in a couple of days. So. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. I'm glad we got you now. <laughs> I understand why your tenure is up. Oh. Yeah. So um, good uh, luck. Congrats. Uh, yeah. Thanks. 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 It's pretty crazy. But um, yeah. So we're going to be doing um, a podcast um, remotely. I'm recording in Morley and things cool. like that. Yeah. Quick, real quick, uh, what is the greatest horror film of all time? Ah, oh, see, um, that's a really hard question to answer. But I will say this: these two films are my favorite at the moment. Um, Hereditary. Oh God. Oh. Has okay. anyone seen Hereditary? Yeah. Oh, go see Hereditary. No. Tony Collette <laughs> is amazing. Her performance is amazing, and it's one of those movies. You know, I know I've read in reviews where. Critics have said this is our generation exorcist, wow. um, and it possibly could. It, it'll stay with you for a while. Another film is a South Korean film called The Wailing. It came out in 2016. It's currently 97 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. I think um, it's on Netflix. Um, watch it. This no. guy is uh, an no. amazing <laughs> storyteller. Yeah. Um, he he mixes multiple genres, including comedy. Okay. Um, it's so it's, it's this bizarre like horror black comedy you know um um story but it's a um, it's a really heartbreaking it's a it's a detective story okay. really um but um it's it's good it's good well let's then get to uh the first sketch of the day brought to us by minky kim minky can you introduce this sketch for us yeah it's a um it's um it's from the sketch 
comedy show, A Bit of Fry and Lori, right? I think that's yep, right. That's it. Yep. Uh, from the uh, late 80s, early 90s. I've actually never saw the show while it was, I guess, on air, possibly because we were here and then, <laughs> you know, the show is overseas. Yeah. But I, uh, um, I knew that Hugh Laurie, who I really like as an actor. I, I love House MD. You know? <laughs> um, and he's been a comedic um, actor for a long time before he became a serious actor. So I knew he did some comedy stuff. But I found this on YouTube. And I started going through a lot of their, as I was studying it, writing, uh, performing sketch. I wanted to see how other um, old you know, sketch comedians um, wrote sketches and how they were structured. And as I was going through this, I saw this sketch called, I think it's called Your Name, Sir. And it's a very, very simple sketch. And it's a physical sketch. And I love physical uh, comedy. And it's, I think it's, as a, a student of sketch comedy, it lays out uh, the structure of a sketch so clearly. Um, and, you know, heightening and the, the three different beats or whatever. It, it was so clear for me to see and go, ah, I got it. That's what they mean by, you know, whatever. Um, and it's funny. And it's funny. I think it's funny. Um, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, here's a clip. Just have your name, please, sir. Right, sir. Hold on a second. Ready? Yes. My name is Derek. What are you doing? That's my name. What is? This. Derek. <coughs> what? Derek. Is your name? Yes. What kind of name is that? So you were just saying a bunch of the a bunch of the reasons why you like the sketch. But let's start with those beats. So what are the if you're saying if you were thinking traditional structure three beats, what do you see as the three beats of this sketch? So the three well, the three beats are when he drops when he tells his name, right? Which is just a sound, right? <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the game, so, right? Okay. You immediately go, okay, that's the game. Okay, yeah. I know what the game is, right? So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy now instead of trying to figure out what it is. Um, so yeah, and that, and then it heightens from him telling his name to his address. Yep. So you're like, this guy's ridiculous. And he, I think he, at, at that time, he physically assaults the cop, right? He slaps him yeah, in the face. Yeah, he slaps him in the, the face. In, in yeah. describing the yeah. address, it's like <laughs> a little then, dance and then a slap yeah, and then, yeah, a little like little tap dance. And he's like, what are you talking about? This is the name, and, you know? And, and as a straight person, um, and then sketch, the cop is like, you know, he's shocked. Right, yeah. and then the cop starts to play along mm -hmm. right. with the game, which is hilarious because he's not just a, yeah, yeah, he's not just a straight person now. He's like in, he's with the game, you know. And then he pulls out without trying to give away the sketch. He pulls out something massive behind the table yeah, yeah. to hit him with. Well, I, That's you, a cricket bat. No, you can, right? you can, yeah, yeah. cricket bat. I love it. You can give away the sketch. You can give away. We're going to yeah. talk about every. You should yeah, watch yeah, every sketch we talk about. Exactly. When I first watched it, I was like, was that an or? Oh, oh, wait a minute. It's a, it's a cricket bat. That's right. I'm just an American. Okay. No. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's great because he, he breaks character a little when he picks it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, he does that a fair amount. Uh, if you watch the bit of Fry and Laurie, Stephen Fry tends to like break a little right, bit. Yeah. 
yeah. Which, uh, which I love is how great. it like um, the bat just like wobbles when you yeah. pull it. Out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a wet noodle. Yeah. So I was kind of wishing for one more thing though, because you got the name, the address, right. and I kind of want it. I and I, you know, the third beat is definitely him joining in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wish there was a third, maybe even like as a button or something. Right. There's a third like. Oh, and I don't can't even think of what the next question would be. Someone else could walk in, possibly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like and that. oh, and who yeah. are you? Well, like, I'm Mister So. Like, yeah. blah, 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 like blah. where can that go? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. To the oh, end. Yeah. Wish for one more thing, but you know, it's 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 a great sketch. Anyway, yeah. show. What did you think? Uh, I agree. From a timing standpoint, I don't think it needed that extra beat because after a while, you think like, how many back and forths can I have with the drop? Mm. So I think they nailed it on the back and forth, and then when I switched over to the address, that was a good escalation. Yeah. So then it. I, I like that the cop was a third beat. I didn't I wasn't missing out on an additional beat. Yeah. So that worked. Is it fun being wrong over it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, a thing I think is so great when I was thinking about this sketch, what works really well in it is it's essentially a four-sentence conversation. It's what's your name, the name, what's your address, the address. And then they expand it into yeah. like three minutes, three and a half minutes. Yeah. I, Isaiah. Why do you think that works so well? Why is that interesting rather than boring? One, besides them being just amazing at what they do, I think keeping things simple and well-structured helps people understand and get things and absorb the information that they're given and enjoy things. They don't have to like pay attention to every single word because they might lose something. So when it's that simple and that clean, it allows for the comedy to go through so that you can watch the faces and the hand gestures mm-hmm. and the and the sound. You could watch him drop it every single time and it's funny every single time because you don't have to pay attention. So giving it a simple structure to live in while you do this weird thing is his last name is a sound, you know? <laughs> his location is a, is a dance move and a slap. Like so that so for you to listen and, and see that absurd thing happen, you don't have to pay attention to information because it's a very simple structure. I think like building on that and building on what you said earlier about the physicality, it really makes it, it the plot is not important because there is no plot, really. It's right. about how they embody the physicality and the sounds. Right. Yeah. Um, and I thought that worked really well. Yeah. Um, just just a fun, really fun exchange the yeah. whole way through. Let's talk, let's keep, stay on the sure. physical thing. Sure. Like, what is the power generally of physical comedy? Uh, it's universal, yes. I think, right? Yes. Um, so uh, I, I immigrated f- uh, from South Korea here when I was nine years old, right? Um, so I grew up uh, learning English through television, watched a lot of television, right? Like cartoons or, you know, Sesame Street, whatever it was, right? The thing that I, as a kid, I resonated with were the things that were sort of universal. And physical comedy, at least to me, well, it, that's what it sort of... I, I know there's little nuisance into physical comedy as well, but um, I, uh, it's something that I could enjoy um, uh, as I was growing up watching. I used to watch... Um, I'm sure you guys... Um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be watching as a kid. Uh, Benny Benny Hill. Yeah, sure. Growing up, mm-hmm. which had a lot of, <laughs> you know, very body uh, humor. Yeah, yeah, a lot of physical comedy, yeah. a lot of cross dressing, and a lot of scantily clad women, that type of thing. Um, that uh, you famous could, trumpet song. Yeah, yeah, and you could you probably couldn't um, uh, do a sketch show like that. That's sort of like that anymore. But um, I remember just well, growing up watching that. That could have helped me form my bias of certain things that I'm that I enjoy in, in, in comedy you know um, I mean 
Jim Carrey made his whole oh my god uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> career or launched his career out of physical sketch comedy. I feel like on next on next week's episode we're talking about um, or two weeks from now. Uh, I don't know some, at some point we've got a Jim Carrey sketch coming. <laughs> yeah. up it's yeah. all about his his physicality. A young Jim yeah. Carrey. Yeah. His yeah. physicality. It's not yeah. like we record three or four of these in a day. Nope. <laughs> no, Never. That's, that's not the industry secret. So with the physical comedy, as a writer, is there a way that you can write physical comedy into a sketch, or is that something you really have to like work more closely with the actor on to develop? Um, that's uh, you want it? Are you? Oh no, go ahead. Okay, uh, <laughs> you both have the writer tag, so it's a little confusing. <laughs> but we have secret um, tags for me to help direct questions. Uh, but Mickey, go first. Sure. Uh, I sort of went through the same, I don't know, speed bumps or um, same challenge as myself. I wanted to write a, um, a physical comedy, a, a sketch comedy, while I was at Lit, and I my last quote unquote new sketch. As I um, we wrapped up the season was a, a physical sketch, and it was, was just, it the hot yoga sketch. No, I guess that was like sort of physical as that well. Is physical. That was definitely yeah. physical. But it was uh, it was called a dinner, and it was a um, it was just it was the, the premise is just a um, sort of like a married with children family dinner like this, um, but it, they were all vampires, and um, <laughs> and the daughter was bringing home her new boyfriend. For, uh, for dinner. And so everything, all the conversation and everything, while they were sort of funny and amusing, but your, your typical TV sitcom show conversation, oh my God, he's this, or what does he do for a living, that type of stuff. Um, but every time there was a shocking uh, 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 moment, um, the father and the mother would do a spit take on the son and the daughter that was sitting next to them. And it was, all, <laughs> and it was, it was vampires and it was family dinner, so all we did was had bowl of Blood that we, were, that we were diving our faces into as we were having a conversation. We we're like, "How was your day?" And it would just come up with this whole, you know, red face, blood dripping, and the audience thought that that was sort of the game. And then, of course, some, something happens, and then spit take. That's spit awesome. So we were all completely drenched and blood after after a three minute sketch. And it was fun. Everyone had a great time. Um, was it did it have to be your last sketch of the night because of how or it like, was. Yeah. yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love those two minute sketches, but you definitely have to be like, well, the show's over now because yeah. the stage is covered in blood. Blood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah and we when we did a dress uh, rehearsal we did it with just water. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We're like so we didn't have to clean up the blood. But yeah, that was that was fun. I think it was had shocking element where the audience had no idea where it was going. And then all of a sudden, boom, like and then it just escalated. Just at the end it was just everyone just spitting on each other for a good, you know, the twenty seconds or whatever. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> I'm livid. That is such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's one of the best compliments you can ever yeah. get. Is um is that's oh so I good. wish I'd written that. Like yeah. I'm so mad I didn't write <laughs> yeah. that. That's the one of the dumbest jokes I ever thought. It was in college. I thought of this joke of it's such a long way to get there, but it's um Africa themed '80s movies, and one of the idea was uh, a fish called Rwanda. <laughs> and my my roommate at the time, who was also a writer in my college sketch group, he was like, "I, I hate you. Like, <laughs> I am so mad at you for thinking of that." I was like, "That is like the stupidest thing I've ever thought of." But come on. Um, but so I want to see Shoah's answer. Uh, yeah, I've that's seen nice. some of your. I, I've seen some of your stuff. I'm in the same group as you, uh, but like. There, you know, depending on who gets cast in a sketch, what happens on stage physically sometimes changes. 
And you have some great sketches where you have multiple female leads on stage doing things. And I've seen different people play those leads and it changes the sketch completely. So I, I'm curious what your opinion is on that. Oh, basically, as a writer who just, you know, loves the words on the page and spends so much time tweaking all the words and rewriting, crossing things out, I, physical humor is an afterthought. So having a team of actors who can do physical comedy is amazing because once they take it, just like Isaiah said, they'll take those words and then add some movements, some shoulder movements, speed, um, all sorts of different things, or even throw in the punch or like run off the stage that changes the sketch and morphs it into something more engaging and interactive. So physical humor is great because it takes something that could be too cerebral or not even funny and then instantly switch it over. And this this sketch in particular, you know, they do all of the verbal play. They do the nipple with the apostrophe. Yeah. They throw that all in. And then once that's, you know, that's cleaned, you can tell they turn to physical comedy to pick it up a notch. So the physical comedy always helps. Um, as a writer trying to write physical comedy, it's so hard because you are reliant on the actors to be able to perform it. And some people don't have that. And so you you wonder like, okay, so I'm going to write this. And you have to write in a way that's accessible enough for all actors to do and keep that in mind. So you don't want to do anything too outlandish. Um, but on the flip side, like if you could on stage get someone to jump through a window, that'd be great too. <laughs> so you, you ha try to keep the limitations in mind. Um, so yeah, no, physical comedy is just something fun yeah. to struggle with. Uh, also, just from a media standpoint, a lot of animatic or animated films and stuff, they'll go the whole thing, just physical comedy. So a lot of the Disney shorts you see, like yeah. the bunny doesn't talk. Well, if you think but the of all bunny, the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Yeah, right, all of it. Yeah, it's the, brilliant. The 60s, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the comedy is all, all physical humor. And um, it's just, it's a different, I think it's a different brain pattern and a way yeah. to visualize things that you can't normally do. Yeah, and when you write it out too, sometimes you're like, well, this doesn't, Trust me, it's gonna be funny if you do it right, and you know, because you know it doesn't. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the times, it's in the sketches in the performance, mm -hmm. um, because sometimes you know you read it straight cold, and you're like, oh, this isn't funny, you know. Um, uh, so that I think that's sort of the challenge as well. Like, um, I think you know, uh, having actors having the the trust of the the writer or the sketch, and to be able to perform. Uh, and we're making it funny or taking it to the next level than just like, oh, well, it just says jumping out the window. So I'm just going to jump out the window. Yeah. Well, can you do it in a certain way? You know, and those are the actor's choices, I think. And they could make a sort of regular straight mundane sketch into a brilliant yeah. sketch. For sure. Yeah. It's funny. You talked about blood. Blood is always funny, too. So a yeah. lot of physical comedy doesn't include it. But I remember there was one sketch we did. <laughs> where it was too late in the game to add this, but there was a lot of verbal play. And then I was like, oh no, I think throwing a bloody tampon at someone's face really be like the uh, next place to go. That's always funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, it was but yeah, the physical hop comedy would have been like the great, it's always a great cloud pleaser. Everyone loves it. Everyone can relate. And just from a language barrier, you're yeah. right. Like growing up learning English, the physical stuff was always easier. Or even showing stuff to my parents. I am like, okay, they'll get this joke because everyone does. Right, right. Like I still find nut shots to be very funny. Oh, me too. And I really shouldn't, but like anytime I see it, I'm like, oh god, that was good. It's just, it's just awful. They just need more it's of it <laughs> on TV. We don't see much of it anymore. <laughs> Andy, I'm gonna need you to take this nuts for the script. <laughs> well, that's fine, but no, no. I don't take know. Two. Gonna need some more acting, Andy. Yeah, that's just bad acting. Yeah, more acting. <laughs> Do acting. All right, real quick, let's go around. Is there anything you would change? Minky, is there anything you would like to see different in this sketch? Just 
technically maybe in HD right now. Sometimes there's nothing to say. I think it's funny that we're the two sketches that we're talking about today are both in in a square format. Yeah, I you know. I don't. I don't know. I. 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 I'm not. You know. There's no such thing, right? As perfect sketch. I think in our class, um, my class, uh, our UCB instructor always says like, sketch is never done. You can always go back and rewrite or tweak something or add in more jokes or take out stuff. Um, you know. But uh, I don't know. I. I. I think it's. I think it's pretty good as yeah. it is oh, now. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's just kind so, of so. Yeah, it's so short and succinct. And then um, it's when something is obviously you can tell it's they probably re- edit that thing to death, right? Yeah. To just like cut it down to its essence. Yeah. Um, so when you do that, it's like really hard to like. Whoa, you can add this or you can add that. But yeah, maybe they could do an HD version of it. Mm-hmm. Good for the thought. YouTube for the YouTube. Yeah, for the YouTube generation exactly. <laughs> oh, you think today it would still work? Like as a using that that sketch would it work today? Yes. Yeah, I so it's, it's so. a police officer punching. But it's very a British person. though. It so is like British. if SNL okay. did it, I don't know if it would be as funny. But because it's British, no. because you yeah. expect it to be a very wordy yeah. and complicated sketch with words, and all yeah. of a sudden it just turns into the sounds yeah. and physical comedy <laughs> thing makes it yeah. great. So I think if Americans did it, you know, I, I think it'd be okay, but not as not as funny. And now we have a question for you, the audience. What was the best bit of physical comedy in this sketch? Respond to this question or with any other thoughts you have on social media using the hashtag SketchNerds. This podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy troupe Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Visit badmedicinecomedy.com for info about live shows, workshops, and t-shirts for people who love comedy. For our second sketch of the day, here's Isaiah. All right. So I'm going to be doing a sketch that Julian picked, actually, from um, UCB called Ass Pennies. Uh, what was that? It's called Ass Pennies. Ass Pennies. Ass Pennies. Okay. Yes. It is w- wonderful um, as a film guru guy. I love it because it's one take, and that's a beautiful thing. But it stars Matt Walsh and Ian Roberts, and they are on a golf course. Here's a clip. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. I thought you were really going to help me. How does sticking pennies up my ass give me an edge when I meet with them? You don't just stick them up your ass, you spend them. Now, like I said, it's a long-term strategy. I've been doing this for 11 years now. Every day for the past 11 years, I've stuck $30 in pennies up my ass. I use them for everything. Cab rides, movie theater, groceries. What does that accomplish? Will you listen? It's a lot of ass pennies I got out there, my friend. And here's where the magic comes in. When I meet with someone who intimidates me, who puts me on edge, a real hard ass, I just think to myself, they've probably handled one of my ass pennies. All right, Isaiah, you just said one of the reasons you like this sketch. Is there any, any other reason why you really like this one? Obviously, you didn't bring it. Julian did. He's not with us in the room. In the room uh, today. <laughs> uh, I actually think this is a well-acted sketch. And I think really? that's what it holds up for me. Um, Besides the, you know, there's a lot of, in film, when you're doing shooting a scene, you know, you want where characters stand and frame matter. And if you watch the sketch closely, they do take a good chance of when to kind of zoom in on one guy and come back and make it two people again. And then when he turns on his brother, they switch sides. 
And usually when a, when a character switch sides in the scene, that's like a switch of power. Mm. Um, and so like it hits all the points as a filmmaker that's like, this is a really cool sketch. But I also really do believe the guy has been putting pennies in his ass for years. <laughs> he does the math and I don't even second guess it. Like it just makes sense. And he's like, no, this is legit. I'm like, wow. For a second, for a split second, I was like, maybe I should be putting pennies in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't think people use uh, coins very much anymore. So I think they're... That's, Bitcoins in my date. ass. I should be putting Bitcoins in my ass. <laughs> Sticking this USB <laughs> stick so far. No. Um, uh, show it. Should they have pretended that they knew how to play golf a little bit better? Oh, no. does it even cut to their golfing skills? They I took think it two, swings. They swings. two swings and they're atrocious. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think like, about that. Like, I don't think they're like trying to be comically awful, <laughs> but it's like, especially um, Ian Roberts' swing. He like brings it back, <laughs> inches, <laughs> swings it forward. You hear this loud smack, like 300 yards. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's no, that's not, that's not a real question. Um, the first line, what's, what's the first line of the sketch? is like, suck. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he hits it. Yeah. Right, exactly. I love that. <laughs> um, so this sketch is really, really ridiculous. Obviously, once you get into just the idea of someone sticking pennies. Oh, yeah, the idea ass, is ridiculous. Yeah. It's really ridiculous. But there is a moment I thought where Ian Roberts, um, the guy who's t- telling Matt Walsh to stick pennies of his ass, has this moment where he kind of grounds it a little bit. He says, one at a time, of course. As though, like, oh, it'd be ridiculous <laughs> to shove a roll of pennies up your ass. But um, this moment of, like, but it's one, I'm doing it one at a time. Come on. And, Mickey, in a surreal sketch, why is it helpful to have these moments of grounding in reality? I, I think because it answers the questions the audience has as they're watching, right? And they're yeah. just like, what? But you can't. And then they sort of answer it. Um, I think that's... Uh, to bring the audience focus back to, like instead of just, this is ridiculous, yeah. and their minds constantly wanders, but um, it's to answer those questions that the audience might have, bringing, bringing them back um, into the sketch, and um, to sort of all the ridiculousness. I know it's something that I'm tempted to do when I'm writing. It's something I do a lot, but it's like, uh, put an audience surrogate in the sketch, like mm. put someone who's asking the questions I imagine the audience oh, would right. be asking into a sketch. And there's a lot of people like that. A lot of people don't like that. I think one of the best examples of it is in um, David Pumpkins. Beck Bennett's character is very <laughs> confused about what's happening. Is just asking questions. Like, is this from a local commercial or something? What does the S stand for? <laughs> All of that. And that's the kind of thing that I love to do. But I really liked in this sketch how that, that, like you said, that yeah. question is worked just into the dialogue or that answer is worked yeah. into the dialogue. Sho, what did you think? Uh, I agree. That was really good. And also in 1998, um, I'm not in the 1%, but I read 1% magazines such as Forbes. <laughs> Wait, what, what, and what? Forbes, Forbes and okay. the Wall Street <laughs> Journal. And I feel like it's not that much of a stretch of the imagination to be putting pennies in your ass, whether it's for a sexual thrill or for... Uh, yeah, for power. It's a sexual throw, you do quarters. Yeah, maybe <laughs> quarters. Um, but then Half also dollars, from a power yeah, standpoint, dollars. if you think about people who use pennies, it's, um, you know, rich people aren't using pennies. Poor people are using pennies. Is so, that, but is that a dating thing? Is that because deep. it's 20 years ago and like we're just not 
much of a cash economy anymore. Uh, no, in 1998. Like, can you remember if you had pennies in your pocket in 1998? It was six. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say yes. I had a jar on my dresser that I would put coins in like all the time. And then when it filled up, I would take it to the bank. Like it was a getting, I was picking up coins off the street yeah. to fill that jar. Cause I, I get had to a buy things. Superman piggy bank, I think. <laughs> and I would just put loose change in there. Right. I yeah. was doing the same thing, but I don't think any of the readers of Forbes or the Wall Street Journal were doing that. That's fair. Yeah. It's possible. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'd like to correct myself. I, uh, I was seven in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I was six for the first eight days of 1998. Then I, then I aged. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about um, one of the things that I like in this sketch is that you mentioned the math that he does. Yeah. And that serves almost like a list. It's basically a mini game of a list sketch. And are lists maybe best as mini games rather than as a full game? Obviously, it's a different kind of sketch, but let's talk about the list as a mini game versus as a full game, um, particularly in this sketch. Well, there are two lists in the sketch. The first list is the moves you do to gain confidence, right? So yeah. okay. shake the yeah. hand firmly. Um, picture everyone. I don't think he says the picture everyone naked, but he runs off the list. And then the pennies is the third on that list. So then you're right. There's like lists within lists. So after that, then he jumps to another list about calculations and how many pennies are out in the world. It just did a, It did such a great job for me of heightening the sketch. That, that mm -hmm. was my favorite moment was the math because it's the fiery intensity mm -hmm. that he brings to that little monologue. Um, and it, it also helps like he just kind of looks – like a like douchey golf guy, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like the way his hair flows and down. all that. It's like back. Shooter McGavin in yeah. um, Happy Gilmore. He like looks like that guy, right? And even in the golf cart, the angle of the camera following them as they come in, he's 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 leaning back. His his balls are not balls are out, but you know. His, <laughs> His pelvic area is out. and in, in He's spreading his legs would be yeah. one way to say that. Uh, <laughs> his balls that. are out. I got to watch this again. What a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting that list. Uh, Mickey, do you do list sketches ever? Do you ever write list sketches? Uh, list sketches? I think I've um, written a list into a dialogue, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, to give the person uh, importance or like uh, uh, expertise, mm -hmm. you know, um, this false expertise, I guess, because they're just like, they list things out real quick, yeah. you know, but uh, not, no, not a, not a list sketch. Well, but, I, but I think that's, I think I, what you just said is one of the great things about this, about the list in mm -hmm. this sketch is that it like, tells us about status, the way he delivers the list. Mm -hmm. um, and He's thought about this. Yeah. Oh, and, and, I mean, and is a math numbers guy, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the status thing is really important in this sketch because you have the guy, you have Ian Roberts' character who has all the power or, like, he's got the knowledge and Matt Walsh's character who's coming to him. And Isaiah, what do we know about their status when we see them immediately? Well, first off, the way they're dressed and they're on a golf course – yeah, I mean, you just assume that they are bros of a higher class, for sure. They're actual brothers, right? I think. Are they? In the sketch. In the, in the sketch, sketch, yeah. Right? yeah in the, the sketch, they're brothers. Yeah, yeah, he refers to his brother, yeah. yeah. Which I think is, I mean, uh, they have the look, which, which, which matters. And so, yeah. like, once he starts talking about, you know, I've got this meeting, blah, blah, blah. Like, you believe him. Like, he's, he's probably going to go through his something bacon like this. bacon bits ad campaign. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, it's something 
importance going to happen. So like they established that with the look, you know, if they weren't dressed appropriately or dressed like dad bod and t-shirt and, and cut off shorts, like it would be a different sketch. You wouldn't, it would yeah. be harder for you to put them there, you know? So yeah. like wardrobe, right. Props, right. Setting, right. Okay. These are these characters. Let's move on into the sketch. One of the things that stood out to me was that even between the two of them, I thought there were immediate status differences. Um, Ian Roberts's clothes fit better than Matt yes. Walsh's. Yep. Uh, yeah. um, like Matt Walsh's hat. Matt Walsh has the hat <laughs> that is like somewhat demasculated. Demasculinizing. I don't it's know. Weird, that's yeah. not the word. But um, I'll say he looks it, the same today. It, yeah, so. it, Matt Walsh does look exactly. <laughs> yeah, the it same. literally has not changed his look. Um, which like more power to him. Yeah, like, seriously, he knows what works for him. Yeah, twenty exactly. years on looking yep. the same. That's great. But I thought that was interesting. How we even so you see that the two characters are high status. They're playing golf. This kind of thing. But then even within that, you see two different statuses. I'm just stipulating right now, which does not help you, the audience, at all. But it's helping me talk. <laughs> You know, I forgot they were brothers in the sketch, and it kind of makes it even more sweet a little bit. So, do any of you have siblings? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, so when you're trolling your sibling, you double down on any facts that you have because you're committed to making it work. And so, as an older sibling, I watched this, and I was like, I think he won here. I think at the end of the day, this little brother is going to put pennies up his butt. <laughs> so, it almost makes it a sweeter, more endearing sketch than I think was probably the intention to me. Yeah, no. I see that. Like it was a prank like that. Right, yeah. And that's what you do when you're the older sibling. You double down. I I, I did this to my brother. Once he asked me what thunder thighs meant, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Straight faced, I was like, when um, two thighs clap against each other, and it's so powerful that the earth trembles. Um, that they're, they're invoking thunder. And then— Your poor brother. Well, a few years later, I heard him repeat that fact to someone, and I was like— Victory. How old? <laughs> Older than it was acceptable for. <laughs> it's just great. And so just this, knowing that these are two brothers, you're like, I, I see you, Ian Roberts, <laughs> and I tip my hat to you. Believable ex explanation you gave yeah. to your brother. I would have believed it. I would have totally bought it. <laughs> yeah, if I were the little brother, I'd be like, all right, well, it's time to make some money. <laughs> Mickey, as Isaiah noted uh, at the beginning, this is done in one take. I yeah. don't know if you could caught that the first time. I oh, yeah. didn't catch I did. that the first time. Yep. Um, I'm film illiterate, apparently. I went to film school, too. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. All right. Now we're better than that. Um, what does that add, and does it take away anything? Uh, does it take away? I, I don't think it takes away anything. I think it looks more natural, um, as if you're there, like eavesdropping on them, um, because there isn't a close-up shot and wide shot and cuts back and forth. And because of that, I think that's why you didn't notice. Maybe it looks natural. Maybe yep. it felt like you were point. just yep. kind of walking with them as a caddy and then you're like kind of listening in on their conversation. And so I think it was very natural in that way. Isaiah, what about you? What did you think as the as another filmmaker? I think it added to the, like you said, Mickey, that it added to the, the ability of the audience to absorb the material because it was so shot so well and mm -hmm. it flowed it pushed in when important things were being said and then pulled out the two to hear the conversation. Then, you know, it kind of just flowed with them. I love the dolly shot uh, where they get in the car and they and they, and they drive, you know, yeah, how far yeah. they drive. And it's the two of them and they're just kind of like perfectly. I wonder, I wonder how yeah. many takes them. Oh my God, right. I cannot imagine. Yeah. And then you have the golfers out in the distance. You can <laughs> see them, you know, it just, I felt like for, you know, if we looked up every sketch comedy, that's a long take. This is probably the best one. I would not be surprised just okay. because it's just so formatted well. 
you know, if you look at um, old Hitchcock films and stuff like that, yeah. they do long takes and, they, and the scene moves within the frame and it goes from two shot to one shot, stuff like that. This does exactly that. I wonder if this was like written for the stage at first uh-huh. and then they were like, hey, let's shoot it. We have, you know, we have a show and then decided to shoot it. Probably. like this so much. Yeah. You, could yeah. do, you could do that sketch yeah, on stage. Yeah, you could do that sketch. That's when you do it on stage, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of brilliant because so much of comedy is about timing. And so when you make it one take, like you take away that ability for someone else to affect the timing in any way. Yeah, it's all and about so the timing. And so they nailed it. Yeah, that's a good point. And so one of the things also, when I see these one take things, it turns to me like watching like a no-hitter game in baseball. I'm like, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? <laughs> and then when it gets in, you're like, oh, they did it. They did it. One take. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> All right, it's time for the end of the show. Uh, Minky, as the guest, can you come up with a rating system for us for how we rate these sketches today? Okay, how about, I'm going to steal it, about one to ten ass pennies. <laughs> like how many how many ass pennies we could you know fit, or just like one to ten, how many ass pennies? They're in our pockets right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, one to ten ass pennies that we can fit. All right. All right, well, let's start with uh, your name, sir, from a bit of Fry and Laurie. And uh, Minky, it was your sketch. Let's start with you. How many ass pennies would you give this sketch? I would give it nine ass pennies. Nine ass pennies. Nine. All right. Any particular reason why nine? Because it's a brilliant sketch, but I don't think it's a perfect, perfect sketch. Is there a perfect sketch? I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. um, So I think the nine is a good number. They always say if you're going to do a listicle thing on web, right? It's always, it has to pick an odd number. Um, People tend to click on an odd number. Interesting. Like seven best things or nine best things or whatever. Yeah. Instead of um, even, which is bizarre. That's good. Um, So nine. Nine. Shoah, how about yourself? Well, my understanding is that ass pennies are not a good thing because they have touched... Ian Roberts' ass, right? Oh, so you're taking a different approach to this. Yes, I, I don't oh. find him attractive. I don't want anything that's touched Flipping him. Flipping it. So I, I'd give it like two ass pennies. Two ass pennies. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like giving it nine ass pennies if you think it's a good thing. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> exactly. There you go. All right. Oh, then one, one. Sorry. One. We're going to do the nine. Thing. Yeah, just one <laughs> ass it, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a good sketch. Uh, yeah. Isaiah? Well, I'll do the Julian thing and give it. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> nine hundred ass pennies. <laughs> uh, this is a uh, this is a great sketch. I think the only thing I would ever change about it is I would either try to add more sound things into it, or when he starts hitting him uh, with different, just hit him with different objects. Yeah. You know, just keep changing you know, a cricket bat to a bigger cricket bat to a table lamp or like, yeah, or just or like, big you just, fish. You just, you just, you just <laughs> a big fish, just silly, just make it sillier. Like he's just pulling out larger and larger <laughs> yeah. objects every yeah. time he hits them with something. I like that. You know, but like, it's a great sketch. It's very funny, especially from a group that is like, you know, we've done, we've talked about them before on the show. Yeah. Absolutely. And that sketch we talked about was super wordy. Yeah. And here's them doing the exact opposite. Exactly. So right. well, sketch. amazing. No, 900 pennies. I'd That's give nice. it eight. I wish um, I ate on the positive scale, <laughs> if, if 10 is positive, um, because I would have liked um, I would have liked one more silly name thing. And I know obviously we disagreed on that, but I would have liked one more silly name thing. And now let's talk about how many ass pennies we would give ass pennies. Isaiah, as it's your surrogate sketch, how many ass pennies <laughs> would you give it? One million, just because I'm a film geek and they did it in one take. And I haven't seen a lot, a lot you know, and I think- when you watch it again, Andy, because you didn't notice the first time, watch it again and pay attention to the camera movements and the acting because they don't get the cut. So they have to like hold 
you know, every beat, every second is them mm-hmm. acting. Like being on stage. Like being on <laughs> stage, but with the cameras in your face. In your face. Um, it's brilliant. It, it really is good. Minky? I am going to give it seven ass pennies. All and right. here's why. Here's why. <laughs> Which is so weird because this is a UCB uh, sketch. And they, they, as in the, the, stu- uh, the teachers there, they teach that the game of the sketch has to be on the very, very first page, mm. right? Like, and and we, yeah, a lot of it's dialogue not. And we, you know, and we go through exercises where we just write one, uh, one page sketch that are not finished. You just kind of write a one page of a, I don't know, four page, whatever. And because that forces you to put the game on on the first page, yeah. and this doesn't, the game doesn't start till like way later. Right. Uh, you it's know? one minute in. I did look at the clock. Yeah, on it. so that is that's my only like ding on it. But it's a huge thing since it's a sketch. Very fair. Would, it's a very yeah. very yeah. good. Yeah, I would I would give it four for a similar reason. I ba- basically I thought it was a lot of build up, and I didn't think uh, once they got to the ass pennies thing, I didn't think there were enough jokes until he started doing the list about it. I thought he was just kind yeah. of just him explaining ass pennies. I feel like that was something I like. I thought, oh, that's gross, but I understood it right away, and he just kind <laughs> of kept explaining what it was, and I was like. I don't need to hear all this explanation. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't necessarily for me. <laughs> like I have a quarter in there right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's called, it's called living dangerously. Um, Shoa. Yeah. So from a, a writing standpoint, I have to agree. I wasn't thrilled with. If I were to look at it on a page, I'd say, okay, this is this is fine. Let's let's do it. But again, from a film standpoint, from the timing standpoint, from owning the characters, from trolling a sibling, I liked all those things. So I'd give it three ass pennies. Three ass Reverse. That's reverse. Yes, reverse. It's a power thing. All right. Thanks for doing that, Shoah. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A special thanks to our guest, Minky Kim. Minky, where can our listeners find you online? They can find my podcast, One Final Scare. Yep. Um, you can just Google that on, on the web and on Instagram and follow us there. Um, okay. we're, on a, we're on a little hiatus, but we're coming back in August. Great. Um, and if you want to follow me and my adventures, you can find me uh, on Instagram at LateFee and um, on Facebook, Minky. Just Google Minky. Awesome. Well, listeners, please like, share, and subscribe. If you have a sketch you're interested in us breaking down, please send it to us. We'd love to do that. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds, where you can also find links to the sketches that we discussed today. You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Minky Kim, Shoah Appleman, Isaiah Head, I'm Andy Welb. Thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by soundtrackforeverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, D.C.'s best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com. <laughs>